Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at www.cwcsj.org for service times and directions. I shared in the first service that if we could get what I'm about to share into your spirit, we would have no need for counseling. As a pastor in the past 26 years, there's one thing that I enjoy doing, but hate doing at the same time, and that's counseling. But if we would get this into our spirits, and we could learn this, we'd have no need for counseling. Uh, Most of the time when people do come in for counseling, they already have a preconceived idea of what they're going to do. For those of you that have come to see me, usually the pastor is the last stop on their way to what they've already done. You come just to inform me, this is what we're going to do. And you want me to bless you for what you're going to do. Thank you. And and so that's usually the the way things operate. But if we would recognize and Understand that God has placed us and put things in order in our lives to give us the ability to overcome. I said overcome, amen? And so it's in your spirit that God has wired you to win and to overcome these things. Then God wouldn't tell us that we could win without giving us the pattern by which to bring it about in our lives. So with that this morning, what I'm about to share, I want you to take notes. I want you to to, to to go back and listen to the podcast from the week before. Do whatever you need to, but you got to get this into your spirit. The past few weeks, we've been speaking on this. And if you can get this into you, it will transform your tomorrow. You can't change your experiences tomorrow until you change your choices today. Amen. Amen. So with that, stand to your feet as we turn our Bibles to 2 Corinthians. And as you're turning there, we've been speaking on contender. Everyone say contender. Contender. A contender isn't just someone that's in the fight. A contender, it saddens me that as a sports fan that the Raiders haven't been contenders in a while. Hasn't, hasn't happened. So when they play, they're, they're not a contender. A contender is someone that actually has the opportunity to win. That, that it's in them that they, when they get in the ring, that contender, the number one contender, is ranked number one because it is recognized that he has the ability to accomplish the task and take out the current champion. And I want you to understand that every one of you in here is a contender. The Bible calls you more than a conqueror but I need, and calls you a champion. But I need you to understand until you become a contender in your mind, you will always be a pretender. Until the mindset changes that I am a contender, you will always find yourself struggling against opponents that you should have knocked out years ago. So with that in mind, I want you to understand that we are in it to win it. That God has ordained you to win this thing called life. Now with that, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, if you're there, say amen. Amen. If you're not, it's there on the screen for you. It says this, starting in verse 4. 
Now, we use God's mighty weapons. Everyone say mighty weapons. weapons. Not as worldly weapons to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. Verse 5, we destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. Bow your heads with me as we pray. Father, help in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Now, as, as you're seated, I'm going to kind of revert back to, my, to, to the word that uh, I'm comfortable with, uh, the New King James Version. I got up there for you, the New Living Translation. But I want to read it to you again uh, out of the King, New King James Version. It says it this way. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds and casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And so I want you to recognize there's a couple words I want to talk about here. For the weapons of our warfare, that I want you to recognize that there's weapons that we operate, not like the world operates, but there are weapons that we must use in order to win this war. And so I want you to recognize that the battlefield is in our minds, not our living room, not your bedroom, not your office, not in the car. The battle that you're going to face is in your mind. Because the, the, the distance between being a pretender and a contender is the width right here. It all has to do with your mind. It has to do with our thinking. What, what am I talking about? I want you to understand that we become our concepts. That you are today who you think you are. Say it again, Pastor. You are what you think you are. The book of Proverbs says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. That you might not be who you want to be, but you are who you think you are. You're as good of a husband as you think you can be. You're as good of a father as you think you can be. You're as good of a worker as you think you can be. Because we operate based according to our minds. And there are limitations that sometimes we come to and we can't push beyond the barriers. Because our minds don't let us have that, don't give us the capacity to go there. And so we become our concepts. And so... I want you to understand that we are at war every day, and the war that we're fighting is not, and and I need you to understand, wives is not your husband. I know you think it is. It's not, parents, it's not your children. The war you're fighting is not against them, it's against. Because I can't take you anywhere farther than your mind will let you go. You become your thoughts. And let let me put it to you this way. Is that many of us are saved, but we're not converted. When you accept Christ, you are immediately saved. Everyone say saved. Saved. But we're not immediately converted. Conversion could take a lifetime. Because being converted takes us into the image of Christ. Say it again, Pastor. I need you to grab a hold of this. Because we get our ticket to heaven 
And we think now I've accomplished what I'm supposed to do. But God never called us just to get our ticket to heaven. He called us to walk in the image of Christ. I don't know if you realize this, but when Jesus came to earth, the Bible says in the book of Philippians that he laid aside, we call it the kenosis passage, in Philippians chapter 2, that Christ, he laid aside his attributes as God. He emptied himself. And when he emptied himself, he laid aside his omniscience, his omnipresence, his omnipotence, and he took on the form of a man, a servant, and the book of Philippians goes on to show how Jesus took on the form of humility and he had to then learn the mind of his father. Do you understand that your mind has the ability to become who Jesus was on earth? So, some of you, you just, you just, you just, I just... I just ran into a roadblock with you right now because in your mind, there's only one Jesus. And you're right. But everything Jesus did on earth, he did as a man, not as God. And so when he told us to take, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, we would never, he would never have us pray something that was impossible to accomplish. See, some of y'all are getting it before. About four weeks ago, some of y'all, when I say something like that, you'd be like this. But now, the more you hear about who God really created you to be, now I see some of y'all are sitting there and you're going like this. You're right. It's starting to get in. Amen? It's starting to get there. So many are saved, but not many are converted. And so conversion is a mindset. It's a thought. It's when our minds... That's why when Jesus walked in to someone that was sick, his mindset said, that's not right. And he healed them. When he walked in and saw people hungry, he said, that's not right. And he fed them. When he saw someone about to be beaten up because of sin, he said, that's not right. And he protected them. Are are you following me? And so I need you to understand that that conversion is a mindset. Miles Monroe puts it this way. There is nothing on earth more powerful than a thought. But nothing more important than the source of that thought. In fact, let me put it to you this way. Do you understand that Satan is an unemployed angel? The dude don't, don't have a job. He is an illegal angel on earth. When he was cast down from heaven, he was cast down and he is, was created to operate the worship in heaven under the king. But when he was kicked out of heaven, he is now an unemployed cherub. He's an unemployed angel running around illegally on the earth. He's an illegal alien. No offense. (laughs) But he's illegal. And so because he is, now now follow me, because he is a, a, a created being, only mankind was created in God's image. Which means only man can create like God can. How does man create? 
The same way God created. How did God create? What is a word? It's a thought that's been manifested. It's a thought that's been spoken. Now, 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 understand something. Everything you see in the natural is a result of someone's mind. I see some of y'all. I see you. Or as Pastor Matt would put it, I see you. I see you, homie. I see you. And y'all are doing this right now. Some of you are taking notes. Others of you are saying, I'll see you at Cheesecake Factory. And... But what you're holding in your hand is the idea of a man. You're holding a thought that's become reality. What you're, hold, what you're sitting in right now was a thought that became reality. What I'm putting my papers on and my Bible on is a thought that became reality. Because every thought has to be manifested in order to become real. Everything you see, in fact, right now, the environment in your home is the result of a thought that you had that was manifested through your words. And so because Satan is a created being, I'm going somewhere with this, so stay with me. Because Satan is a created being, and because he was not created in the image of God, Satan has no ability to create. Satan has no ability to procreate either. See, folks, the dude isn't as bad as you think he is. In fact, the Bible says in the book of Revelations that when we see the one that has been bugging us this whole time, we're going to be like, what? Is that him? You understand that he was created as the angel that led the praises as an instrument of praise. And so the Bible actually says that he had windpipes in his body. And so those windpipes, when the Spirit of God blew on him, it made noise. It made a beautiful sound. But he wasn't able to generate the wind on his own. That went over some of y'all's head because you need to understand something. Is that you were created as an instrument unto God. And all of a sudden, when God starts moving through us, it's very easy to stop and think, wow. I'm pretty good. <laughs> so pride gets him. And he began to have pride begin to, to, to build up in him. Because he's a created being, he cannot create. You were created in the image of God so we can create. Are you following me? Yeah. So when Satan wants to move in your life, he can't create anything in you. So he has to do this. For those of you trying to break an addiction, you've been addicted a long time. You're never going to get free. For those of you that are dealing with sicknesses, you 
been sick. Your mama was sick. Your grandma was sick. Your great-grandmother died of this thing. Your great-great-grandmother died of this thing. You're just flowing along in the, in the circle. It's a sight. And before you know it, follow me, you begin to speak the thought that was suggested to you. Nothing more powerful than an idea or a thought. But nothing more important than the source of that thought. And so whenever a source or a word is given to our mind or something is spoken to us, you better stop before you speak it. Because Satan cannot create, but he'll use you to create an atmosphere where he could dwell in. Oh, you got to capture this this morning because you know what we end up doing? Oh, my asthma be acting up right now. <laughs> oh, my asthma just, just kicking my butt. Oh, you know what? My marriage ain't never going to be right. That marriage is all jacked up. There's always going to be issues there. You know what? My addiction, I just, my addiction is so bad. Listen, that addiction don't belong to you. That asthma doesn't belong to you. But stop claiming that it's yours. Stop saying it's mine. It has nothing to do with you. We got to start declaring. Watch what you speak. See, there's something called a cycle of thought. And when we have cycles of thought, the cycles that we have, these thoughts come in and we begin. Every cycle has a beginning and it has an end. And we can't change someone's direction until we change the cycles of thought. What bothers me and what, what, what what, what angers me and saddens me is that you see people, and you know what I'm talking about, you see people that, that uh, were addicted and they, they get free of the addiction, they get a job, they get a family, they start a life, they got great things going on, so they are no longer physically addicted. They've been without it for a year, been without it for two years, no longer physically addicted to the substance. Something happens, and you find them back in that cycle. Like, what happened to you? You were, you were doing so good. I, I need you to understand that renewing your mind isn't a one-time action. That, that, that's, like, that's like me saying this, you know what? Yeah, I worked out. Long time ago, but I worked out. And so now I can eat whatever I want because I've worked out. And I know the way all of us, I mean, I know the way some of y'all think and some, a lot of us think, you know, I worked out, I could have a Krispy Kreme or a dozen. I say that because my daughter brought Krispy Kremes over to the house last, uh, last night. Thanks, babe. Love you. So take a look at the cycle of thought. The cycle has a beginning and an end. And so the way you think, the problem is, is that we got people that have these cycles of thinking. And if you have the cycle of thinking, you have to recognize there's a beginning and an end. But not only that, that thought will either be canceled or it has to be renewed. Okay? It has to be canceled or it has to be renewed. The problem is, is that we keep renewing it. If it's a bad thought, we renew it, and so we stay in that same cycle. If it's a good thought, you, we end up canceling it instead. 
We do good for a little while. We see we're losing weight. Oh, yeah, we can go to, we can go to Famous Dave's now. Let's throw down a little because I'm doing good. It's a ce- we, we celebrate. That's our nature. And all of a sudden, we, we start doing good. Or spiritually, you start doing good. Things start getting well. And then all of a sudden, you start doing well. You feel like, well, you know, I'm strong enough now to go hang out with the guys at the club. Now, I'm not going to drink. I'm not going to party. But I- I'm just going to go hang out because I miss my friends. I haven't seen them for a while. You get back in that environment. And all of a sudden, your muscle memory goes back to what you used to do. So the duration of that cycle is up to you. How long it lasts is up to you. But an uncanceled thought will repeat itself. If you don't cancel, and that's why coming to church and just hoping that what I say somehow gets into you and transforms you will not happen. You have to get into the word on the daily. We we live in in the Disney culture where we're waiting for something magical to happen. We're waiting for the Cinderella moment to take place. Now, God will redeem you. God will set you free. But after that, you got to renew the mind. You got to work at your marriage. You got to work in your body. You got to work on your spirit. You got to take time and put that effort in. Now, with that, understand this, okay? We got it. So, what, what ends up happening when you got these cycles going on? We end up with reoccurring issues. H- have you ever seen certain people that are always broke? Not sometimes. Always. They, you know, they could get their income tax in on Monday, be broke by Tuesday. Well, how much did you get? 7000 Well, how much you got? Nothing. What? That's not, you know what? That's not a government problem. That's not an assistance problem. That is not your job's problem. That is not the man holding you down problem. You know what the problem is? It's your mind. Don't get mad at me and look at me like that. Live like kings once income tax come in. And then by by the time May comes around, you're broke. And wondering where God went. So what ends up happening when those cycles take place, our mind conforms. Romans 12, our mind ends up conforming to these things. Have you ever heard of the term neuroplasticity? We, we, see, we hear it a lot on, on television right now with lumosity.com. And what it's talking about is the mind, or what we call, I call it instead of neuro because it makes me sound like I know what I'm talking about, and I really don't. <laughs> brain plasticity. And what, it doesn't mean that your brain is plastic, but your brain does have the ability to conform. Okay? When, when, when we see things, we don't, we don't have individual compartments very easily by which the brain operates. Our, our, our sensory takes place from front to back. So we got uh, like our, our, our sight, our sight, our hearing, our tasting, our smelling. Everything operates in a certain lobe. They, they operate in a certain way. So we don't just see something and then funnel it away and then we're done. We hear something... We see something and we use all the faculties that we have from our senses to bring this information in. Let me put it to you this way, all right? You ready? We're going to put your minds to work right now. Everyone ready? Okay, some of y'all got them old minds, so you got to start it up and kind of get it warmed up a little before you can drive it. Remember the old cars? You got to go out there. I'm warming it up and getting it ready to go. 
I want you right now, I want you to picture a bird. Now, right now, every one of you is thinking of a different kind of bird. This bird is blue. See a blue jay. Okay? Right now, he's flying all over this room. Okay? Watch it. He's ducking down. Okay? You hear him? You hear him? Hear the wings flapping? And right now, he's coming. He just landed on my finger. Okay? Sam, put your finger up. Take him, take him. Hold, hold on, hold on to him. Don't eat him. Just hold on to him. Did, did you see the bird? Can you see the bird in your mind? Some of you even hear the bird. When I said you could hear the flapping, you could even hear the flapping of the bird. We talked about the ducking, you could see someone actually duck. Why? Because there's no bird in here. But you've seen a bird. You've heard a bird. You, you, you've, you've felt a bird. You've even had maybe a bird sit on your finger. And so uh, you've eaten a bird. Come on, y'all have had chicken. Don't look at me like that. And, and so when I, when I talk about these things, there's not a bird in the room, but because your mind has the power and experiences of something called neuroplasticity, your mind goes back and it takes the shape of those things. And even though it's not here, you can see it. You can hear it. You can smell it. You can feel it. And so now when I go like this, many of us, even though it's not here, you can experience it. And yet we do that in our lives today. I'm not really sick, but my mind says because my grandmother's sick, my mom was sick, because my aunt was sick, we begin to imagine things that aren't there as if they were. Oh, somebody got to catch this right now. We're talking about breaking some things. Talking about breaking some things. Because we see things that aren't there. We're seeing things based on the, the things that we have experienced in the past and saying, okay, that, that's what's going on. I'm always going to be addicted. I'm always going to be broke. Our marriage will never be fixed. We're always going to deal with this bitterness. I'm always going to deal with this anger. And so as a result, we end up with these strongholds in our lives. Your destiny is connected to your thoughts. I can't change your destiny until we change your thinking. So we got to break the cycle. How do we break the cycle? I don't have time to, to go through the rest of the message that I have. You're going to have to come back next week for us to break down what strongholds are and how to be free of strongholds and so forth. But I am going to close with this. I want you to take a look at this. There's a battle for our minds. Going back to 2 Corinthians chapter 10, as John helps me out. For the weapons of our warfare, or we use God's mighty weapons. The battle that's going on for our mind, how do we, how do we win this battle? First thing I want you to understand is this. You've got to use the right weapons. I love guns. I'm just saying. Put your hand down, girl. Nobody needs to know that. (laughs) 
I believe in the Second Amendment right. And I believe that God will protect me. But he better protect you if you break in my house. Yeah. Suit the kneecap and then pray for with you, lead you to Jesus. And then take the second shot. And send you to Jesus. I'm just playing. For those of you listening on podcast, I'm smiling. I'm joking. Jokes. But the battle for your mind that's going on, we're, we're, we're trying to change our mind, but we're using the wrong weapons. And you will never change your mind until you use the correct weapons. The Bible says that the weapons of our warfare, that word weapon is talking about instruments. And so the same way that we have weapons of war, of the tank, the stealth bomber, the atomic bomb, and so forth, there's a spiritual self-plane, a tank, and an atomic bomb that we operate in the spirit. You can't use the weapons of the flesh to try to defeat a spiritual enemy. You want to give the enemy a black eye? You can take an AK and shoot him up all you want. It won't do a thing. It won't touch him. But you know what? You drop down and begin to give him praise. You're going through a struggle and you start worshiping. You're going through a battle and you start declaring the glory of God. All of a sudden, it's like an atomic bomb being dropped and exploding. And he can't take the pressure of the glory when the power of God shows up. Your praise in the midst of your struggle is an atomic bomb against the enemy. Going through financial trouble. The enemy's trying to step on you. And all of a sudden you walk up and you say, you know what, I'm going to give because I believe in giving. I'm going to plant a seed in the midst of this struggle. The enemy's like, no, don't do that. Don't do that. It's like taking an AK and blowing them up in the spirit. He can't handle that. Because giving is a weapon. That when you're going through struggles with your kids and you, and you begin to stop arguing with them and drop to your knees and begin to declare the glory of God over their lives, the enemy can't handle it. We're using the wrong weapons. Using the wrong weapons. You want to change your mind, use the right weapon. You can't use a thought to change a thought. You have to use words to change a thought. You have to use the word to change the thought. Secondly, we're, we're going to close here. Hang with me. You got to understand Satan's strategies for the weapons of our warfare. Everyone say warfare. That word warfare in the Greek is strategia. What does that sound like? Strategies. The warfare the enemy has with us isn't an all-out warfare because he's already lost. Warfare here doesn't mean warfare like a battle. When I look at the Word of God, I'm looking for a battle. He, he, he's using strategies. In other words, if I'm already defeated, i got to trick you into thinking you're the one defeated. i got to use strategies to get you to think offline. 
I got to use other things to kind of kind of slide a hand to get you off course. But when you recognize that his strategies are to confuse you, get you to create with your mind atmospheres that God never intended for you. You got to understand Satan's strategies. You know, you know, you know, husbands, when your wife comes at you or wives, your husband comes at you, you, you we got to stop. I know where this is from. Baby, I love you too much. This thing right here says I made a commitment to you. This thing right here says that till death do us part or until I kill you. We made a choice to be together here. And so because of this right here, I'm not going to let this strategy. This isn't you. This isn't me. This isn't what we were created to be. And so I declare now, I'm not going to let the strategy get in the way of you and me. Oh, you got you to capture this. You know, you li- listen, for, for mm, I better not go there. I better not go there. Third thing I want you to recognize is this, is that you have the power to pull down the stronghold. You have the power to pull down the stronghold. Satan can't think for you. He can only suggest. But you have the power to pull down the strongholds. The Bible says casting down every imagination, every argument, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. The problem is this, is that if you don't have any word in you, oh, come on, somebody. If you don't know the word of God and you don't have a clue what the word of God says. But you know what? You know all the words to Snoop Dogg's latest CD. You know all the words and you can rap all the things that 50 Cent have to say. You might know all that stuff, but when you're in the midst of a struggle, that junk isn't going to deliver you. Yeah, but I'm. What you should be doing is this, because you're in bondage. You're not worth anything. You'll never amount to anything. You'll always be broke. See that bump? That's not a pimple. It's a tumor. You're going to die. And the suggestions of the enemy, suggestions of the enemy, suggestions of the enemy, your marriage isn't going to last. He don't love you. She don't love you. Suggestions of the enemy. If you don't have the word of God in you, you have no argument or no reasoning to come against those thoughts. What's our our battle against? Reasoning and arguments. And the problem is, is that the enemy is whispering to you that you're no good. You deserve this. You deserve what you're going through because of the choices that you made. And all of a sudden, you have no word to be able to tell the enemy, you know what? I'm a child of the king, punk. 
Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I was fearfully and wonderfully made. The Bible says that by his stripes I am healed. I am more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus who loves me. This day that you know the word of God that you can declare it to your situation. I'm not addicted. He who the Son is set free is free indeed. Come on, give God praise this morning. Come on, stand to your feet all over this place. Lift your hands. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at www.cwcsj.org.